I banged you here, I nailed you there, and on this couch, and in this chair, in the doorway, the hallway, on every stair, we, we tapped, tapped that ass all over this house. Sometimes him, sometimes me, though never simultaneously. But one of us was hitting it usually. We, we tapped that ass all over this house. Wow, 21 Jump Street me. Yeah, because someone, I guess, was going to class for their partner, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know how that works, but like... Yeah, I don't I don't think you can send a proxy in your place. Yeah, I don't know if it was because they were wearing a mask or there's so many people in the class that you don't <laughs> even know, but like... Because they dressed up like their partner and they put on the wig and... They're definitely not passable as their partner. They're distinctly different looking people, but... It is weird when a partner could pass for the other partner, though. It always makes me like a little uncomfortable. There's a lot of us, especially in, in the, the queer, queer community. community. But also my um, straight culturally straight friends who are in couples that's not true one of my culturally straight, culturally cu- straight. Uh-huh. Couple, one of my couples where the girl is bi and the guy kind of identified as bi at the mm-hmm. beginning but now is like no i am straight and they operate mostly as a straight couple because they're monogamous right um they look like siblings and i have another friend a non-binary friend and their uh boyfriend who look like siblings and all very funny it's all very funny it's all very strange <laughs> love is a strange and wonderful thing uh in its in its own special way as uh of course we we learn every single month on crazy ex-girlfriend yeah oh but the 21 jump street yes meme. right i totally forgot about how we started here because <laughs> like, i, I started talking it. about sibling couples or whatever sister yeah. wives um the so the friend that was sitting in for their partner um <laughs> They famously didn't go to college, like, hasn't gone to college. They were, like, cosplaying as a student. So then I just started sending them photos of, like, different, like, adults playing high school. Uh-huh. It's, like, never been kissed in Great. 21 Classic. Scream. Um, yeah, I should have just sent the cast of Glee, though. That 100%. As someone who, as I as I recently posted on, on Twitter, I believe very strongly that about once a month, one should just sit down and, and watch a series of Glee clips for a couple hours. We did that. We did that. I just did that with my, my roommate last week. Like, you know, it's just at a certain point, you're, I forget what even brought it up. Oh, because uh, we did not watch the Super Bowl, but we did watch the Super Bowl halftime show. Uh, uh, after our, our viewing of Howl's Moving Castle. And then they put on a Rihanna playlist, and we got, of course, to a song, and I said, hey, remember when Rachel Berry sang this? So we sat down, and we and we watched um, uh, Rachel Berry's famous rendition of that one song uh, where Rihanna says it was very entertaining. And then we watched a bunch of Glee clips, actually. We did. Yeah, we watched a bunch of Glee clips, actually. And uh, we watched this one... You know, we watched the the season two finale section. We watched the Warblers do their number, and I think they did a great job. And then we watched what New New Directions responded with, and it sucked. Like, they deserved to lose. New Directions had that L come in. Yeah. The thing about New Directions is, and I know this is a Crazy Ex-Girlfriend podcast and not a Glee podcast yet. Um, (laughs) It's related. It's related is that, like, New Directions, to the credit of the show Glee frequently lost at competition and almost always they deserved to lose yes the show was not as good the singing was not as good you can't show up 
to fucking competition and just sing like a journey medley. You cannot fucking sing Don't Stop Believing, even if it is like emotionally resonant with the first season of your show, you know, where that's how you began and that's how you end. It's a very nice cyclical ending. However, the judges don't know that. They don't know that you're, yeah, they don't know your journey. Similarly, no, this is a when When Jesse St. James is up there doing Bohemian Rhapsody while Quinn is giving birth, you can't show up and you don't stop believing. Yeah. Um, Sorry. No, I had a horrible story and I don't know if I should put it to bed and shift gears or not, but it involves a regional uh, high school awards ceremony. Do you remember the cappies? I am aware of the cappies. My school did not participate. I think we, I think every time I bring up the cappies, we have the same conversation, but basically over and over again. Yeah. There was, (laughs) there's a society there's a society called the Cappies, and in, they... In regional high school theater. In regional high school theater, <laughs> and we're from Missouri, so this section in Missouri, different schools would be qualified to be Cappies. You didn't really have to have a certain, like, budget or anything, like yeah. a private school, public school, which is kind of nice looking back on it, like anybody right. could be qualified. But um, essentially, several representatives of your school were qualified as, as judges. Judges and critics, so they would write... Like, they would write uh, critiques or reviews of... of other schools' productions. And you naming would, you the would, people in the yes, show. Yes, you would travel around the great state of Missouri and view other high school productions and write critical reviews and nominate for awards. So it's like if movie critics and the Academy were the same body of people. And I did this. And wow, my sibling, you were a cappy. I was a cappy and my sibling was, and it was a good way for us to like get clout and get familiar. And then also like Totes. kind of undermine, I guess, people we, who were our competition. Absolutely. Kneecap them. Um, cause I was nominated a few times and <laughs> always lost, but the yeah. fucked up story I'm going to tell now is, um, how is this related to now I've lost no, the third. No, uh, it's no, there's no point going back to the start. You're here. You gotta finish. It was basically that we had somebody nominated as the lead um, for, uh, I think it was, it wasn't Into the Woods. <laughs> Might have been. I think it was our, maybe it was our Rapunzel and Into the, no. Anyway. We Rapunzel had, ain't no lead of no Into the Woods. We had someone nominated for a copy, oh, as like lead dancer, I think, in Drowsy mm. Chaperone. In the same category, someone who had died was nominated. Shit. And lost because of... A Chadwick Boseman situation. Yeah. Wow. In so cappies. In ca- <laughs> and I was like, and it was our girl who won and the, like, dead girl who lost. And I had seen the dead girl's show or I had seen a later show that that, that cast had been in. After there was no reason for our girl to have what like there was to have won over this. There needed to have neither been some... deserved it nor felt good about it. Yeah, so I think that's where I'm at. Is is the there was no reason for a dead girl to lose this regional high school show. No, we must honor the best performance. We cannot give it to. We must cannot give it to the dead. To the and the, ours was like to win a posthumous cappy. It's like so funny. To not win a posthumous happy. To lose I'm so sorry. to a white girl. This is so dark. This is so fucked up. But like losing a posthumous happy. 
for dance lead Terazi Chaperone is funny. Ooh. That's why I was like, do I bury this story? I don't even no, know. No, thank you for telling me that story. That's so fucked up. That's so uncomfortable. Then the flip side funny story of the Cappy. So that's my dark Cappy story. And then Evil my fu- Cappy. And then my more fun Cappy story is Alex, my sibling, and I drove to see this absolutely, well, of course, but absolutely terrible mm. production of Annie. And it Has was there like, been a good production of Annie, I ask you? See, I know. But it was like rural. It was like Warrington. But of course. South, we did Annie. It was, well, they did Annie the year after I left, but I did drive back and I saw my friends in Annie. Maybe that was the one that we saw. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> but it was, I think they had to have like some teachers fill in some roles and yeah. like, it was like the whole town went to see it. And right. like, it, it was the only there thing was, happening. There was no band. It was just like backing tracks or whatever. And it was the most off-key thing I have ever heard. And so I, I guess, decided to be a mischievous bitch. And was like I rallied all of the other cappies because we didn't have any adults in the room with us. And I was like, hey, let's give the highest marks to that girl who was the Statue of Liberty in the back, who had no lines, who just held it, who just held the torch and did not have any lines and let's give her the highest <laughs> rating and get her to win this category of like uh supporting or or like featured featured actor or whatever and lo and behold in all of Missouri's Cappy Awards because we had all like collaborated to do this. this the annie statue of liberty the statue of liberty with no lines one this is you've you've gamed that you've pointed out the fraud of the cappies organization <laughs> this is like hashtag oscars so white like we like the the or the cappies needs to radically change or or it will be demolished i wanted to finally have fun with things i felt like my whole life i was fucked with by institutions totally. and auditioning and at the time i was like one of like a trillion blonde white girls trying to do musical theater and so it was fun to just be like let's fuck it up let's fuck it let's burn this motherfucker (laughs) down especially because i knew i wasn't gonna win like i kept knowing that like the politics of other people winning like if we were doing this other people were doing this in other ways like it was a popularity contest so why not have fun i am like semi-seriously now considering that we should write like an election style film about like a Cappy's organization. Of course, I you can't know what I mean. We've never talked about this. You think we this. can't? We can get ninety pages out of like absolutely a, a Rachel Berry esque protagonist completely running in in a Cappy style organization. Yes, using your two stories that you have just told. In the International Thespian Society. I think, like, the Thespian yes. Conference is, Oh, like, the really Missouri good... Thespian Conference. Yeah. Like, it is about time we took them to task. Because there, we did have, like, a culty initiation, too. Okay, wait. Third Cappy story. Great. There was this guy named Will Stupp. Sorry to dox you. And, Sorry, Stupp. And he was, famous. he was, like, famously a stoner because he was the only one at our school that could ever have a medicinal marijuana license yeah. because of his condition it was a really big deal because weed was like a no tolerance thing at our school 100%. so like but homeboy had glaucoma but he could he was the only one who could so he had the weed right um so i did i did 
smoke his weed once. No, I didn't. Yes, I did. I don't remember. <laughs> you can't. You can't. You can't pin that on me. You can't. You can't prove um, shit. <laughs> you can't prove a goddamn thing. But in reference to um, Beyonce's album was the best album of all time. Kanye mm-hmm. interrupting Taylor Swift. Yeah, I'll stop you right there. But um, he did this, but with a not even our production, but a different production of Into the Woods. A production? A production. So it was like best Cappy production of, and it was like the final like uh-huh. best musical or whatever, and or best cast or something. And he runs up on stage and he does the This is at the award ceremony. Yes. All right. I got to this. I'm writing this down for real, for real, for real. <laughs> wow. 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 I tried writing in cappies into the notes app. Autocorrect crappies. <laughs> so we have a title. <laughs> that made me laugh. That's very funny. Now, uh, now I'm going to read my, and we can finally move away from Glee and all of these things. No, but I'm going we're to never read, moving away from Glee. I'm going to read my that. Ryan Murphy murder cult summary to someone who asked on a dating app where I say, ask me about Ryan Murphy's murder cult is in my bio. They said, gonna need to more info about Ryan Murphy's murder cult, please and thank you. So I finally have it all written down. Good. So yes. it's cohesive. No, we lay it all out. And as I've written it, I realize there really isn't as much there as I had hoped, but here we go. So many people in the in Glee have died, and there were either straight-ish or opponents of his stars like Leah Michelle, and two of his little starlets were reported as being perpetrators of domestic abuse. One, Amber Roberts... Uh, with Ryan Ryan's favorite Evan Peters and two what? Naya Rivera and her on and off husband Ryan Dorsey, both charges were dropped. So Emma Roberts had the cops called for domestic abuse as her as the perpetrator. Same with Naya Rivera. Um, I'm not saying that Ryan called them. Of cops, course, of course. But or that he called off the cops. Or that he called off, but that his darling Evan Peters was one of them. Also. The soup, the girl who was Supergirl, who was also in Glee. She, yes, Melissa Benios. She received domestic abuse from one of Ryan Murphy's favorites, straight favorites. I forgot his wow. name. Yeah, and he was on Glee as well. Um, but I didn't write that in here because I didn't really quite know how to yeah, connect no, it all. I have no idea. And then he does these very involved biopics where his straight dude muses play complex queer villains. So Darren Chris is the Versace assassin and Evan Peters is Dahmer. And it's just weird when you see, like, how much involvement these men are in and why they're constantly put in queer... These, these Both of them, it's the second time they've been... Or more, that they've been put in queer roles Definitely as straight more. actors. 100%. For Ryan Murphy, who could hire any gay talent of to course. be any of the gay characters. But keeps going back to these two young men. Yeah, these two young straight men. Big quotes. And then he has this token favorite gays that are in everything. There's Billy Eichner, Sarah Paulson, and then the protected gays under Leah Michelle, like Jonathan Groff. So if there's mm. a protected gay under Leah Michelle, that gay is protected. And so in the Murphy universe, it's all very sus who's protected and who's in crisis based on the conviction of Mark Sa- Salling. Um, when he was imprisoned, yeah. I'm glad. <laughs> and yeah, he, prison was probably good for him. I mean, like good. abolish all prisons, but like if anybody should go, yeah, it's Puck. I don't. I'm not like I'm not team uh, Puck in this in this sphere. I just think it's uh, strange who keeps getting hits after yeah. them. 
Um, that was fascinating. Who gets uh, hit and who, who's getting protected. The timing of Naya's memoir and Leah Michelle's rising controversy right when Naya drowned was just really weird at the time. Absolutely. Like, because she had come out with a memoir and then Leah was getting all of this backlash from other um, Glee stars around the time. Mm-hmm. Like, very close to the Amber time. Riley, yeah. That Naya drowned. And it was also mysterious. It wasn't like a, oh, she definitely drowned. It was like a, oh, we cannot figure out what happened here. Uh-huh. In the middle of a, a body of water in the middle of the night. Yeah. If I remember correctly. Her son is four and he was just in the boat alone. That's it. That's like, yeah. well, um, and then her body was found in the same lake. Um, Emma Roberts and Evan, and Evan Peters' relationship always freaked me out. Luckily, they're not together anymore as of, like, three years ago. This is the first time learning about this relationship, and it, that is, like, that's white toxicity. That's, like, that's, the, something about that it was makes freaky. my stomach turn. Well, because they broke, because they, they had that, like, domestic abuse thing. And that was in, like, 2011. And then they got back together, and then they were together for, like, five to seven more years on and off. Now, luckily, she ha- she's, like, doing other things that isn't, like, Scream Queens, isn't, like, Ryan Murphy things. Yeah, it's, she's out of the Murphyverse. She's more doing, like, weird rom-com stuff now, and she had a baby, so yeah. I think she's doing the, like, get the paycheck thing. Um, yeah, writing it all out doesn't sound conclusive, but just imagine a cork board and printouts of articles and red string connecting dots everywhere. 100%. No, there's a lot. There's a lot there. And it is it is enough to feel conspiratorial. Yeah, so the person responded, I love all the little pieces of evidence. Are we saying Ryan Murphy is responsible for the drowning? Or it's just like a lot of weird coincidences? And I said, I have no conclusions, just a lot of suspicious activity. Listen, I you, you cannot... As the, as the social network poster, you know, would tell us, you cannot make a million friends without making a few enemies. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't, like, you cannot build a media empire the size of Ryan Murphy's without making some foes along the way. You can't. He's also, like, not a famously, like, easy to work with or nice, cool, chill guy. No, 100%. And I am not saying anything, but I'm not not saying anything. I have one ex-boyfriend who worked for him, and it lines up with the craziness. Yes. Yeah. Uh, with the with the zaniness we've come to expect from a Ryan Murphy joint. Um, but listen, you have in a in a in an organized crime type scenario, you have various functionaries at various different levels and height, and and you have uh, uh, capos, and there's a, and there's a ranking system, and uh, I'm not not I'm not saying anything. Yeah, organized crime, I think is the exact frame to look at this with Ryan Murphy. I don't think there's like one thing happening no. to one person direct no. cause and effect. I think it is It a, is an empire. It is an organization. There are yeah. a lot of different moving pieces and it is very organized. It's organized, but there isn't a lot of rationale behind it. It's reactive. Yes. It's calculating. It's an accumulation and much like actual organized crime there's a lot of dummies at various different levels. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not being run... They're not sending their best. It's not being run by, like, the smartest people you've ever met. Yeah. I also kind of wonder what, um... Uh... Diane... Argo... Argo? Diane... Agron? Diane Agron? Yeah. Diana Agron. As as portrayed Quinn Fabray on, yeah, on the TV I kind show of, Bleach. She's my question mark in this. Because she's also been rumored as being closeted. And there's just, like... Mm-hmm. The people who have been rumored as being closeted have, like, an interesting, like, protective 
layer. Yes, it's all very interesting to me. And, you know, perhaps Diana Agron has been up to a lot that I'm just simply not privy to. But I find fascinating in this instance, and in all instances of, like, creators who work with a lot of the same people, like, over and over and over again, like, where's Diana Agron? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I haven't seen her since Glee disappeared or whenever she disappeared from Glee I didn't I did not finish that television show um like what I just where is she yeah Chris Colfer's just like I'm different industry now yeah Colfer's out Colfer's writing children's books or whatever yeah and he's very direct about what he likes and doesn't like and he doesn't say anything more than that and that's smart I 100% think. he keeps his mouth shut you know you can't now the, the, that worm's not gonna turn as long as you as long as you keep your mouth shut he'll talk shit about like Leah Michelle as a person but yeah, it's like Goodfellas you don't you don't flip you know what I mean you don't talk you don't give him anything yeah. keep your mouth shut you turn your dime no one goes to prison unless they want to Diana Agron though she I, I watched like a deep conspiracy TikTok of her and um we got to I got to take this app away from you. I think it was her and Leah Michelle dating. Fascinating. But then I thought it was maybe Taylor Swift. Right. I mean it could be anything. I don't know. Leah Michelle strikes me as sort of tragically straight. I could be wrong about that. I have no idea. I don't I have no idea. I, I mean I don't, I don't know these celebs. I don't, I don't think know their life. Straight. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone's straight. We can go back to crazy. Just crazy. Go for We can we can start. Yes, uh, the two episodes that we just got finished wa- uh, watching, and uh, boy howdy, did these episodes set a sort of land speed record of plot covered per forty two minute episode of television. It is confusing when shows like choose one pace for a season and then like change that speed for the next, like something that happens over the course of like one day or two days and then suddenly it's like months passing and growth happening and weeks passing and um relationships changing all in the same episode when we're like but we spent so much time on just like the tiny interactions and Mm -hmm. tiny changes for so long like yeah i know there's uh there's a there's a show i'm deeply obsessed with at the moment called for all mankind Mm -hmm. and that is a show where like in the last five minutes of an episode, they will suddenly pop up a little title card that says, like, two years later. Oh. It's one of those that you're like, what? Yeah, and it's 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 crazy. It's a ride. I'm, I'm deeply involved wow. in the space show for all mankind. That is tricky. At least with a show like 24, you're like, I, I understand. <laughs> I know what to expect time-wise from this. He couldn't pee, though. No, well, he did it, well, because, you know, every episode is quote-unquote an hour, but it's actually only 42 minutes. So he peed during, like, the the 18 minutes of a respective episode that we did not see because of commercials. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it wasn't actually 24 hours. I still haven't seen it. Any, uh, well, boy, uh, a show about, like, political intrigue that came out, like, very close to 9-11, I just cannot imagine has aged in a way that you or I will explicitly love. No, my parents loved it. Oh, sure! <laughs> your par- your parents were Jack Bauer! <laughs> your, your parents were were on that show. Yeah. Mom loved watching stuff like that. Of course! I mean, you know, it was like, and we're gonna get back at those terrorists. One man is brave enough to torture people on, on network television. That makes a lot of sense, actually, now. Yeah, 100%. Now that that, that is what that was. Mm-hmm. She also loved Alias. Well, Alias is a good show. I, I, will, I will stand up and respect for Alias. 
I love a Jennifer Garner. It was, but it, Alias was like a cheesy little spy show. You know what I mean? It yeah. was not the hard bitten post nine eleven tracking down those domestic terrorists with bombs sort of thing. It was like a oh what oh someone's got a crazy device and only one uh, agent Sydney Bristow can stop them. Yeah. Like wires and bomb alarms. A lot of diffusing bombs. But like, and there was a one very special episode because the Super Bowl just happened. Uh, Famously, the the year that the Super Bowl aired on ABC, they, uh, because you know, it's always a big deal every year. Like, what is the Super Bowl leading into? What is the programming that the network has selected to air after the Super Bowl? And the, there was this one year very famously where it was an episode of Alias and it was like, Jennifer Garner is going to wear two different colors of lingerie in this post-Super Bowl episode of Alias. And you know what? Everyone fucking stuck and stuck around and watched that episode of Alias after the Super Bowl. (laughs) It was like the highest (laughs) watched thing since the Super Bowl. It was crazy. Damn. What was this year? Uh, I have no idea. I only watched the halftime show with my roommate. What opened this first episode? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, so this episode opened, Rebecca is having, because Rebecca's starting to feel a little feelings for Craig again. Uh, so this episode opens with a fantasy uh, where she oh. is imagining Greg showing up with a pizza because she cannot decide between these two men. She's torn, oh, torn, torn between the two men. Uh, and she is looking for signs from the universe to tell her which man she should be with. Uh, and, and as you and I were discussing, uh, signs aren't real. They don't exist. Don't listen to them. She also consults with a polyamorous couple that she just found. That she lied to on Craigslist. Yeah. About writing an article about them for Psychology Today. Uh, but they are like, actually, polyamory is not a, a solution to indecision. It's a, it's a lifestyle. And you know what? Fair enough. I thought the opening was very similar to one of my favorite uh, SNL songs back in the day of that featured Lady Gaga. It's not gay if it's in a three-way? Yeah, it, with a, with a honey in the middle, there's some leeway. The hoping, area is gray in a one, two, three way. Exactly. I was hoping there would be a number like that. Is right, that what but in ta- Rebecca's fantasy specifically is she asks which of you is having sex yeah. with me tonight. So in Rebecca's fantasy, she is never getting double teamed by, by Greg and Josh. Correct. She is never getting an Eiffel Tower from Greg and Josh. She is always having sex with one of them at a time. Yeah, which is fascinating it's to me. fascinating to... to to have the desire to be in a relationship with multiple people at the same time, but never a desire for group sex is just interesting to me. I know people like that. That's though. so specific. It's It feels very complicated. That's emotionally very complicated. Yeah. yeah. And again, a relationship that's built the last. It's just, it's gonna, it's gonna, that's gonna work forever. Uh, yeah. I've, well, I've dated people in poly dynamics where that's true. And it was very complicated. Um... Yeah, I think it really just depends on the crop that you have. <laughs> depends on the crops you yield. Depends <laughs> on how you sow them damn oats. Absolutely. Uh, I love sowing, but ooh, do I hate reaping. Uh, yeah, so she's looking for a decision. She, of course, sings one of my favorite numbers from the entire show, The Math of Love Triangles, uh, the Marilyn Monroe Gentleman for Per uh, Blondes pastiche. Yeah, um, I like, she did a good Marilyn, I She think. does a great Marilyn. They styled her really well. I love the gentleman dancers. Like, I think it's all a very, it's such a specific riff, but it works really, really well. Yeah, it was, 
It was funny and it was fun and stupid. It was fun and silly. It was yeah. silly. It was, it was a little sexy. You know, it was, it was everything that you want. Had some good puns about math. Yeah. And then I thought they did a good job of starting a song and then ending, like, and then having it end, like, in the middle of a scene. I think, like, the movement of it was that she was already in therapy and her therapist was like, stop using Stop baby talking to the baby boys. <laughs> Which I always, that always just makes me think of 30 Rock. I'm a sexy baby. <laughs> I used to say that a lot. I'm a sexy baby. I'm a sexy baby. <laughs> Kristen Milioti's finest performance. So good. So good. Uh, Taylor yes. Swift wrote it into a song recently. Sometimes I feel like everybody is a sexy baby, but I'm a monster on a hill. Terrible. It was an intrusive thought for months. Yeah. Oh, I, you know, as someone who watches many of your Instagram stories, like I am keenly aware uh, and then we watched that music video, and I was like, this is awful. It was bad. This yeah, I think it did bad actually. Bad video, and I'll say it, bad song. I think it deleted the intrusive thought. Yeah, I, think, I think it killed, it's like when when your parents catch you smoking, and they make you smoke the whole pack, and you're like, I'm never doing this oh, again. I wish they had done that. <laughs> Look at what they could have, what they could have saved me from. Why did they let me do that without You're having a Heather's too. parents situation, <laughs> yeah. where they're too, they're too lenient, they let you get away with too many things. No, they Yeah, I know, I know they didn't. Um, yeah, so, uh, and then, and then also in this episode, Rebecca begins to suspect that she is pregnant. Pregnante. Pregnant. Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Am I pregnant? Specifically, she thinks she's Joshnant and not Gregnant. Um, uh, but uh, and then she she brings that forward to. Are we being real? Is that what we're you're being doing? Real. We're being real. Somebody always knows when we're when potting. when we're potting. Um, and that's when and that's when uh, she she uh, decides is a sign from the universe because of course a baby is a sign. If a baby is anything, it is a device to save a relationship. Babies should always be brought into the picture when you are questioning whether or not you should be with someone. Yeah, don't Let you think the that's, baby decide? Don't you think that's what you were? In theory, no. Oh. In theory, it, I was supposed to be brought into a into a loving home with two parents. Now it didn't work out that way, <laughs> but I believe that was the plan. Huh. So you were planned. Indeed. Okay. But my, myself and my middle brother were planned, but the baby brother was a, ooh, a little surprise. As so my mom was like 40 when she had like, like in her 40s, I think, when she had, when she had my youngest brother. Wow. Which is like, she was not expecting that to be in like 43, 45, something like that. I was technically planned, but I, I was not a very smooth departure. No? No, I was two weeks late. And I was, damn. And I was 30. Classic you. <laughs> Always running late. I am. And then I was 30 hours of labor. That's a lot of hours. And I was a C-section. Hot damn. So I was getting really big, and I was not planning on getting out of there. You were you were chill. You were vibing. Yeah. You were having a good time. I was, I think I knew what was to come, and I was just, I wasn't. You just, you had a premonition of the life outside the womb, and yeah. you, and you, and you uh, desired like, That's going to be messy. hundred I don't know about all this. <laughs> Hey, listen, Doc, let me just chill in here. I'm having a great time. Like, I did not consent to this 100%. post-94 life. No fucking way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, you did not want to see Y2K. It was going to be a whole mess. And, uh, yeah, so then she tells Josh 
that she thinks she's having his baby, but then she gets her period, and then she sings a little ditty about period sex, and if you think it's the last time we heard that, you're wrong. Uh, and then Josh flips out because uh, it was a crazy uh, uh, mindfuck on him, and, and then, still, in this one episode, then... She encounters Greg on a little romantic bridge in a park, and then she wonders if she should get back with Greg. And Greg, Greg's dad sells their house so that Greg can go to college. And then Greg's going to the airport. Same episode. Then Rebecca has to run a race to the airport to catch up with Greg. And that's where the episode ends. They make her, makeup-wise, look really unhinged. Yeah. They're doing a good job of making her look, like, really unwell. There are a lot of times... On shows and in movies where a character is supposed to look, like, unwell and disheveled, but they still look like a professional hair and makeup team has put their shit together. Yeah. I respect that this show does not do that. Yeah. And that Rachel is willing to, like, go on national television looking like a damn mess. Whereas, like, I don't know, did you watch Queen's Gambit? Mm-hmm. The, the, the three or so episodes where she's supposed to be like a drunken mess whose life has fallen apart and she still looks like a fucking supermodel. They do this insane thing on Queen's Gambit that I've never gotten over where when she's in like a full drunken stupor, like falling over drunk on a chessboard, do you get it? Um, She still wears eyeliner, but the way that they show that she's unhinged is that the eyeliner is like half an inch underneath her her eyelid. Oh, yeah. It was a crazy look. Yeah, I think it's It was like like, halfway down the lid. I think it's supposed to be like when you're, um... Yeah, actually. Like, she's putting it on drunk every morning and just misses in this clean line, like, a a little gap from her her eyelid. Yeah. Anyway, that show was pretty good, but, like, the episode where she's, like, a drunk is, like, embarrassing. My friend's dad wrote and directed that show. The whole thing? Yeah. I'm so... Well... Sorry to this man. Sorry to this man. I think you did a great job on so much of it. I just, like, I would have, I would have maybe. He also did Logan. The film? Mm-hmm. Your friend's dad is James Mangold? No. Okay, well, that's who directed Logan. He, he wrote Logan. Oh. Yeah. Well, good for them. Sounds successful. Yeah. I'm sorry. Should I delete this part? No. <laughs> Where I make fun of your friend's dad's show? It was I good. I, I enjoyed I, it. I think, I think all critiques are welcome. And I don't think it was a, a deep cut. I think it was a... Um, well spoken thank you critique. thank you it did i was i fired that off from the hip uh but it's bothered me for like three years now and i finally no finally i'm with you it. i watched queen's queen queen's, queen's gambles when i was recovering from top surgery so mm. for me i was just like well yeah <laughs> chess, you, you were doped up yeah. you were like you were also playing chess on the ceiling yeah i didn't actually get to take any pain meds but i did have to take benadryl for weeks because i had a full body allergic reaction amazing at jace's family's home um and benadryl makes me really fucked up so i did yeah, kind of feel fuck yeah i watched that and haunting of Bly Manor and The Crown. Those are the things that I watched. Yeah. A lot of Netflix originals. Yeah. You were in a pocket. You were in a Netflix original pocket. Yeah. Um, yes. The only real song in this episode was The Math of Love Triangles. The period sex song in my head does not count. Because uh, they only do, they do just a little sting. Uh, put down a dark towel. It's period sex. Yeah. I've had period sex and we've never put down like a dark towel. Congratulations. I've had plenty of period sex. I brag. <laughs> brag. Uh, Great. As someone who's been in several long-term relationships with women, it's just sometimes periods happen. Con- congratulations. And you can't stop the whole operation just because of that. That's true. 
I, is this making you uncomfortable? No, I too have had period sex right, because that. I can create them if I want to. <laughs> if you want to. If I think, oh, if I wish really hard. If I take out my IUD and I go off of testosterone, mm, I could conjure periods again. But I currently can't conjure a period. But I have tampons just in case if you ever need one. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so much. They're Call in... you up real quick. <laughs> um, oh, hey. I was watching uh, Perfect Match, which I'm obsessed with right now. Yeah, so another Netflix original. Yeah, I just really like contributing to your brand. I'm really proud <laughs> Thank of Thank you. What... Yes, you're right. I'm raking it in because of you. <laughs> I'm really proud I'll of you. Be careful with your password. One of the contestants who is dating a trans guy right now, which is cool. Whoa. She said that... <laughs> We're progressive in Netflix. In one of her, like, like, challenge games where it's, like, a secret that gets revealed or, like, truth or dare or whatever. Bug dude. Uh, she went down on a girl and removed the tampon with her teeth. Okay. So, from your perspective, <laughs> is that hot or is that weird or is it both? <laughs> she said, she was like, I was already down there. Yeah. And I'm so like, a little right, string but... hanging out. <laughs> and like a cat, I had to play with a little string that I found. <laughs> that's what I mean, though. It's like, yes, you're already down there, so taking it out makes sense to me. Like, that's fine. But the taking it out with your teeth, that's like a level of... I'm, I think it's... I think it's both for me. <laughs> Unfortunately, you, I mean, I'm sure you experience this a lot, as do I, where I'm like, that's hot, and I wish it wasn't. Yeah. I wish that was not hot I don't know me. if it is or isn't hot. Yeah. But, but I think it... It's not really hot to me. It's, it's just not sort of a complete outsider to the experience. It's not exclusively weird. I think, right. like, I would, it would get my heart rate up a bit, and I don't know what, in what way. Yeah. I think it depends on the day. 100%. Like, do I feel really safe with this person, or has this person given me, like, some weird vibes yeah. in kind of a hot way? Like, it really just depends on the Because if person. it's a weird vibe and they do that, that might be, that's a deal breaker. Yeah, then I'm like, oh, cannibal. Like, right. Oh, okay. Like, right. N- no. Yes. Whereas. I have been deceived before by mm, creepy people. By cannibals. <laughs> by they were like, oh, no, I'm making a stew. I'm making a cat stew. I'm making a stew for cat. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just get it. I want you to taste the stew. Just get in. Just get in. Just get in the big pot with the carrots and celery. It's great. Doesn't it smell nice? Do you want to just hop in? It's like. I drew you a hot bath with spices. It's all the way in the back of the oven. Just crawl it. Just crawl it. Just go. It's right back there. Step bro, what are you doing? I'm just trying to get out this piece step of pie from the Step bro, bake you into a pie. <laughs> step bro, help me, step brother. You're baking me into a pie. Falling help. all the way into the oven. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna die. That's not sexy. Gonna die. Oh, it's like God. that scene from Goodfellas. Where he's like, the dresses are way down there. Just go, just go over there. Oh. Now that you've seen Goodfellas, yeah. I just I can finally, can finally uh, reference, reference a, a movie that is constantly on my mind. Okay, now that we've talked about one episode, I feel okay inserting a longer conversation topic that doesn't have to do with the show again. Yes, great. Because we saw uh, Kate. Yes. Oh my God, we, we saw, saw Kate. Kate, and it was magical. For anyone who doesn't know, Kate Berlant, uh, famed comedian. Uh, star of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and uh, she has a one-woman show uh, directed by Bo Burnham that uh, has played for a while in New York City, recently closed. Uh, I believe it is moving to Los Angeles, so all our Angelinos out there, be on the lookout. Kate's coming to your town. 
Yeah, you know we're an openly bi-coastal podcast, so we have quite a few readers on the other coast. What did you think of it? Loved it. Had a great time. I mean, like, Kate Berlant. I saw a tiny clip of Kate Berlant years and years ago on a a taped stand-up show called The Meltdown uh, that, like, Camille Nanjiani used to co-host. And she just did this very unique set, and she kept talking about, like, can you believe I've never been in a movement class? Um, That just made me laugh, has endeared me to her forever, and it's that exact sensibility translated to, like, an hour-long one-woman show. Uh, The way she moves is very funny. The running bit about, like, not being able to cry is Mm. the emotional and comedic centerpiece of the show and is uh, wonderful, incredibly funny. Yeah. What did you think of Bo's directing? It was interesting. I mean, you know, it's a very minimalist show. So, like, on the on the projector behind her, you know, just black text on white that says, like, club or whatever. You know, it's, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. I had no larger thoughts about Bo Burnham's contribution. Interesting. Yeah, I was curious about what was pulled from him and what was pulled from her and how they brought it together. And yeah. Their conversations, and they just wanted to be in the room. And Brie Larson was in our row. Brie Larson was several seats down from us. Mark Marin was uh, behind us, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so was, there were some famos in the house. There were, few, there were a few like trans people in the audience that night too. There was Dylan from TikTok. There was a lock. There was like a few. But people kept texting me, being like, "Oh, this person was there that night." TikTok celebs. Yeah, but also just trans specific. I wonder if it was like a trans discount night. <laughs> The penultimate trans discount. Trans get in free. <laughs> well, I didn't. Actually, you bought your ticket months ago, yeah. I did. You did get in free. Congratulations. I did. It was a birthday gift. So. That was dope. Yeah. I, I do think it was probably one of the best comedy shows I will see. But then it's one of those things where then if I try to like think back and like quote it, I can't. I could never quote. After only seeing something one time. Yeah? Really? I, I feel like you're so good at conjuring. I can conjure quotes from things I've seen over and over and over again. Like, you know, I can I can remember uh, episodes of, you know, Community or whatever, like, so strongly. But no, if I've only seen something one time, even if it was something that I thought was funny or I thought was really good, I'm not going to be able to conjure a quote for you. That is not what I retain in my first viewing of something. Yeah. Huh. Because I can quote, like, Oh, Hello... You know, the John Mulaney, Nick Kroll special, yeah. because I've seen it like six fucking times. Okay. So I can quote everything from that show, but I can't quote anything from the third John Mulaney stand-up show that I saw, even though I was laughing my ass off. I have no recollection of what he said. Got it. Interesting. I f- yeah, I guess I just felt like you quote things a lot. Sure like, do. Quickly. Um, but I, I, they're not always things that I think you've seen more than once. Episode two. Yes. Uh, uh, immediately picking up where the previous episode left. This is, again, another one where we're, like, record of plot per minute. Uh, uh, Greg and Rebecca at the airport, uh, where Rebecca ooh, begs Greg to stay, but he says no. And he sings a little ditty that I've always been a fan of called It Was a Shit Show, describing their relationship. That was good. Yeah. We've obviously had chemistry but I, this is not going to work. It's bad for both of us. I'm going to leave. And that is why Greg Serrano remains a king. king. He understands. King shit. This king shit. Greg was on his king shit this week. Uh, these the, these two weeks, these past two episodes. Uh, he really got it. And he's doing the healthy thing. And he's leaving. 
And uh, uh, for any of you who are watching the show for the first time, uh, that's a wrap on Santino Fontana. Mm. Santino Fontana does not return. We can no longer ask guests if they think Greg is hot. I guess we can, uh, but he's gone. Does he ever cameo again? No. Santino Fontana never returns. Wow. Allegedly, you know, we've never gotten the full scoop on what exactly happened here with Greg and him leaving the show, like, early into season two. You know what I mean? It's just, like, kind of a weird length of time to be back. He doesn't do, like, another full season. He does, like, four episodes at the beginning of the season. Uh, Allegedly... It was, you know, like an amicable split. You know, Santino said, he's like, I just want to pursue other opportunities. I want to go do Tootsie on Broadway or whatever. And uh, the the writers, you know, they they um, found a way to make it work. And um, I, 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 we try to remain spoiler free on this podcast, so I don't know how much I want to say. But I will say that perhaps this is not the last we've seen of Greg but it is the last we've seen of Santino Fontana. And allegedly that was also an amicable decision. That is what everyone has said, at least in the press, as much as I've been able to find. They have another Greg? You don't remember? No. Okay, well, stay tuned for season four of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Weird. It's weird. That sounds really weird. It's weird. It's weird. Uh, and it is Skylar Austin, or oh. Aston, who I... From... Who, from Spring Awakening and Pitch Perfect. That's right. Who I like. Who's a good actor. It never works as Greg for me. Yeah, probably not. Because they bring him back as like, oh, Greg has changed. He's grown up. He stayed sober. He's he's become a different person. Is like the framing of it when Greg returns. Weird. And it is Skylar Aston, who is, again, a good actor, a very talented singer. It never works, no. in my opinion. No, I can't see that working. It it doesn't. And you have that to look forward to. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so stay tuned uh, <laughs> for several seasons from now of Crazy Ass Girlfriend, uh, which we'll cover in, I don't know, 2025. Um, with our kids. With our, <laughs> with our two kids. Oh, 2025 isn't two years. No. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 10 years from now. And <laughs> <laughs> families. Yeah, no, it's, it's it's a couple years away. Uh, that's very funny. That's icky. Yeah. <laughs> 22 five being so close. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be my year. Yeah? Uh, yeah, sure. I love that. I love that you're like... Plan that flag. This is not my year. 2025. And I feel like that's healthier. I think so, too. putting so much pressure on this year. And I can like put infrastructure now. in place yes. to make 2025 yes. that year. Yes, and then you're less you, The universe cannot deliver a good year to you. You do have to kind of line it up for yourself, and that takes time. You have to take actions. There aren't yeah. just signs. You have to make, uh, as Greg says in this episode, uh, life is a series of decisions that you make, not the universe putting things at your feet. Uh, wise man, Greg Serrano. That is the funny part for me, is I feel like there's sort of this, like, holier than thou when someone gets sober yeah. in shows where it's like, I'm better. Oh, I can't, because I'm better. Ah, ha, ha. Like, kind of like a, oh, I remember what it was like. And I'm just, I really hope that is not how I come across. And I <laughs> wish there was, like, some way to make addicts more dimensional and full of conflict and and mistakes and stuff without it constantly being about their sobriety being in jeopardy um i think they were close like 
falling back. I mean, they made that comparison of like being with Rebecca would be like picking up the bottle again, which also his so that's dad, what his dad does. Yeah, his dad. Great episode for his dad. I mean, they really just true strong king shit of like I sold the apartment so you could go, or I sold the house so you could go to college. Yeah. Uh, also, don't get back with that girl. It's bad for you. Uh, you'll fall off the wagon again. And just comedic, like he really played it. Yeah. Oh, episode two, I love, and then I love the Heathers. <laughs> yes, the Heather. Right. Okay. So, uh, Greg uh, dies and goes to heaven. He goes up the escalator <laughs> into a big blight, blinding light. Very uh, beauty school dropout. Uh, very beauty school dropout. Um, I gotta go. Is that how it ends? Is that what he says at the end? Probably. Okay. Okay. It's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, Greg goes to heaven. Uh, Rebecca's very sad about it. She's the, she then hallucinates Greg and Josh in her apartment, uh, uh, where they sing a, a, a tap number called We Tap That Ass All Over This House. Uh, it's very fun, and, uh, it's a, it's a great little dance number. Oh, so they do, yeah, this episode, even though Greg has gone, they keep him on as a ghost. As a ghost. Which but we are now done with Ghost Greg as well, as of the, res- as of the resolution of this episode. Great. Uh, that's a wrap on Santino Fontana. Thank you. Uh, so she decides to burn this. Uh, burning a bunch of shit in your kitchen, actually not a great idea. Um, I know that there's fire in there already, but it's a controlled burn on a, on a gas flame. Uh, she lights a bunch of shit on fire with alcohol in her kitchen sink. Uh, because of this, she has to take refuge at uh, Heather's house. Remember Heather, uh, who I feel like we hadn't seen in quite some time before this. Uh, she was, she was on reserve, but we're about to start seeing Heather in, I think, literally every episode of the show until the end. Good. She is now, like, main cast, especially because she and Rebecca are moving in together. Uh, so she crashes on Heather's couch, uh, where she meets Heather's, uh, parents, uh, the Heathers, and, uh, who are delightful. Who I love. They make me laugh a lot. I think they're cute, and I want them to be my friends. (laughs) Maybe my parents, but definitely my friends. I would take them as parents. I would too, I guess. I mean, over the alternative. Um, yes, so they're nice. Uh, Rebecca is uh, slouching down. Uh, she decides to uh, get a makeover, a makey makeover, a makey bakey fakey wakey breaky fakeover, uh, where she starts to look like a hot Instagram girl. Whew, uh, at the same time, uh, White Feather and Associates is fielding uh, uh, a contract with Miss Douche, a douche company, which is coincidentally holding a beauty pageant competition for the new spokesperson for Miss Douche. Um, Rebecca decides to compete in this competition and uh, uh, ultimately decides that, you know, this is not this is not good for her. This is fake. This is not who Rebecca really is. Um, and uh, but Heather ends up winning. Heather, who's never done anything in her whole life. Uh, Heather ends up winning. Uh, also, uh, at, at the B-plot in both of these episodes, uh, Paula is pregnant and uh, gets an abortion. Hell yeah, which I was asking for the whole time. You were episode. begging for an abobo the yeah. whole time. Yeah, <laughs> abobo. I'm pro-abobo. Uh, pro-choice, pro-abobo. Pro-abobo. Uh, abobo rights, abobo legislation. 100%. Protect abobo rights everywhere. And uh, we love and respect it. I had forgotten that she actually does it. I thought she had the baby to, in my memory. But no, she uh, gets gets an abortion. Thank Mom, I'll get the door because you had an abortion. Thank God. And she's like slaying it as a lawyer. And she's not comfortable telling, talking to Rebecca about 
anything in her life yet. Which is, I mean, listen, the Rebecca uh, Paula friendship is in a weird place right now. It is also just because, like, if you set boundaries, like Paula set, and Rebecca's just gonna keep spiraling like this, then like, what is there to talk about? What is there to talk about? It's actually like very tough to be the best friend in a romantic comedy because it's never about you. That's where I'm. It's never right about now. your story. It's never about your journey. Yeah, that's where I'm living right now, and I'm still cool with it. <laughs> luckily, You're still chilling. You're still the Judy Greer luckily, in this situation. I have like a, uh, what's the therapist's name in this show? Doctor Okopian. Yeah, I have my own, but mine also serves as my romantic comedy best friend. Mm. Your romantic comedy her. best friend is your therapist. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. That's actually really hard for me to think about. I just, like, I get to tell all of my mm. B- A-plot, B-plot stuff to her. But the therapist doesn't bring any A-plot, B-plot. Correct. Okay. I see what you're, I see yeah. what you're getting at. I see and then is a at. little more and has better boundaries than a romantic yeah. comedy best friend might have and then Mm. i can figure out how i can show up for myself yeah in between scenes Mm. she's your natasha leone your jason manzoukas your yeah in what in the movie sleeping with other people okay where they are the respective best friend (laughs) orange is the new black so Um. uh natasha leone's uh best friend in a romantic comedy era uh, yes, I was thinking of the movie Sleeping with Other People specifically, although Jason Manzoukas is also the best friend character in They Came Together. Um, hey. Great movie. I haven't shown you that, right? No. Oh, but you, you've brought it up. Recently. I bring it up constantly. It's one of the funniest movies in the world to me. Uh, you you saw Walk Hard with me last year, which I is have, another important staple in my I walked that journey my, with you. Uh, walked. Hard. <laughs> It was really good. It was really funny. Elvis was like a really interesting walk hard too. Hundred uh, percent. Elvis worse. is worse, worse, <laughs> worse. But nominated for many awards for all the awards that walk hard should have gotten. Although I also really enjoyed watching Elvis. I had a great yeah. time at the theater. Yeah, you can I had enjoy a, great, I am, a worse product of something. Hundred yeah. percent. I'm like this reminds me of something that I like. Um, and I had a good time at the theater. And the stranger next to me, uh, she also had a great time. We became friends watching oh, this movie. Congrats. But uh, then, uh, uh, you know, the option was presented to me. I'm like, should I? Offer to become friends with this person after this, or should I, and this is the option I did take, just allow this to be, like, one beautiful moment New, in York New York moment. Yeah. yeah. I was just, like, person next to me and I at Elvis had a great time. We had some laughs. And I cannot ruin that relationship. I will never see this person ever again. Hmm. But now that I've said it on this podcast, you know, if you're Elvis' friend, balls Missing. in your court, if you want Missing to be friends, misconnections, on Lex. you girl sitting next to me at Elvis. I put out a misconnection recently on Lex, which is something that you can do. Wow. Coming back. It's pretty fun. Old internet returns. Yeah. Though the AX UX isn't as... uh, Culture is cyclical. Everything right is wrong again. Well, another thought. As my romantic character, as my supporting character, mm-hmm. I've decided for me, I'm like, I'm going to try this season. We'll see what happens. Of course. But my intention is at least to stick around 
for your rom-com to like play out here before i move but who knows you know i think you should stick around you know you never know when you're gonna be needed again that's true but i also know that i'm prone to be conjured when i'm most needed by my Mm. other friends like i just appear in the cities that they need me in when they need me okay uh but not even always like it's not like always a direct not that I show up without asking, but just like the timing is always very strange. Mm-hmm. You're sort of a vagabond. You're like Natasha Leone on the show Poker Face, where like everywhere you go, you are needed. I'm like Natasha Leone, period. Period, I think is what we're discovering. I actually love that for you. She's sober. Yep. She's She's sober, but like, you know, world weary. Like she's been around. She's kinda She's lived a whole life. She's fruity, but she doesn't identify mm-hmm. as gay, which is confusing. Confusing. I am scared about her past relationship with Fred Armisen of And like, current relationship with Fred Armisen. I think is they, it not? they Are split they divorced? Up, they split up during the pandemic because really? she wanted a pool. Is what she said. <laughs> I wanted a pool. Come on, Fred, I, let me have a pool. He said it, that's what it came down to. But that's then other so people in my funny. life recently have been like, he is a bad man. He's bad. Man. Allegedly. Yes. Yeah. He is he's allegedly a very bad at least partner. because uh, he has been divorced previously and the person uh, talked about how miserable it was. Elizabeth Moss? I don't remember. Oh. Because she was she was Lizzie married. Moss? Yeah. Mad Men? Yeah. Scientology's Lizzie Moss? Yeah. Wow. That... I would never, oh my God, if I got invited to a dinner party Ugh. at Fred and Lizzie's. I'd be scared. I am busy that night. <laughs> I, I, will, would be, I, I would be scared. Now, if I got invited to a dinner party at Latasha Leone's house. I'm there. I'm moving heaven and earth, moving all my plans. I'm absolutely there. You will not catch me dead at Fred and Lizzie's. No. No. Uh, Fred and Natasha, you know, I'd be there. I wouldn't commit for the whole night. Fred and Natasha, if Fred and Natasha invited me to an evening, I'm there, but I'm like slowly incepting hints into Natasha. I'm like, are you sure like you want to be in this relationship? (laughs) Like you're happy? Like you're happy? I don't think You don't ask it like quite like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just, I don't think anyone can tell her what to do. I'm sure she- No, certainly not. That's why I'm talking about like incepting it. I would never tell her what to do, but I am introducing the seed into her mind that will make her think about it for herself. She had to have thought about it all the time. I don't know. You know? I I get you. I completely do. This is all just- This is all about crazy (laughs) ex-girlfriend. But yeah, you're Natasha Leone. Congratulations. But you're a cheerleader. Thank you. I was. I was a cheerleader. Exactly. It all actually makes- I'm happy for you. Thank you. I have kind of a huskier voice as time goes on. Mm -hmm. Um, Check it out. Yeah. I love her. I do need to see her new show. Poker Face. I'm really enjoying it. I've seen every episode. And you like it? I do. I really do. Did you see the second season of Russian Doll, too? I did. Did you like it? I did. I saw it. I felt like I was, like, the only person that did watch it. Uh, But I found it was interesting. I didn't like it quite as much as, like, the first season. Mm -hmm. Because the first season is just kind of a really good, like, self-contained idea. The second season I found confusing but enjoyable. Yeah. I guess I'm a bad fan. I haven't kept up recently. Yeah, you're not not, not in the Leon hive. I mean, like, when... Because I was watching Orange is the New Black, like everybody else. And then there was, like, the beginning of season three that she's not in for several consecutive episodes. And I, like, I stopped watching the show. Yeah. I understand that she came back. But, like, she apparently was the show for me, which I did not realize until she was gone. I felt that way, too, for a while. I I was very start and stop with, uh, with Orange is the New Black. And then it was, and then... 
um, Samira Wiley mm-hmm. pulled me back in through my gay awakening. Yeah. It was like being gay for Samira Wiley kind of pulled mm-hmm. me back into the That was the show. Passe, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. I always did enjoy like reading like academic reviews of like Orange is the New Black. You know what I mean? Like I always enjoyed like really sifting through the text, someone who's like really examining it like as a piece of art, but having to keep referring to characters by names like Passe. <laughs> yeah, it's always it never stopped being funny to me. Yeah. If we get into the internal heart of Pusey. <laughs> Pusey, Washington. Yeah. I loved her. They started, like, a little, like, non-for-profit thing in her... That's great. ...honor of the death of her character. <laughs> <laughs> it was cool. I don't, That show actually helped me figure out, because they had resources at the end of, like, the last season or something, when they started going into ICE detention. Mm. Um and wow. they, they had like good resources for how to get involved and I like got involved with um it's interesting that Orange is the New Black was the pipeline for so many things. I also got involved in wrongful conviction work for women because yeah. I liked that show so I started taking those classes. It was like a big like springboard for so many things. Social causes and like careers. And I also uh went to accompaniments which are like showing up for um, detainment or deportation hearings for ICE hearings Mm -hmm. for uh, citizens of New York that are called in and they make it intentionally really complicated and not really for an English-speaking person to understand at all. So (laughs) it's not your first language. It is impossible. And it's cute because it's mostly like a puddle of... Um, like retired Upper West Side oldies um, who just show up from. I think a lot of them. I think it was originally like a church thing, and then it expanded to mm-hmm. non-denominational. But there are like regular churchgoers, or you know each other from church or from synagogue or whatever. Yeah. And um, and then there would be like young, like young radical people who would show up, and they had trainings, and basically you would just show up and you would listen to the whole. Thing, and if you show up as like a big body or a big community, the judge is much less likely to deport that person. Wow. And that was literally just the statistic that they're working from, which Shit. is pretty fucked up. Pretty but fucked like, up. Pretty fucked up. They're not seen as a number if like a whole community right. of people show up for this person. So right. they don't need to know that we don't know them that well. Of course. It's just like showing up and being like, woo, and like wearing buttons. So fascinating. And I took a bunch of notes. Um, and I did that for a few months before the pandemic because I was, like, getting really frustrated working, freelancing at Condé Nast and it being so irregular that I was like, I need to do something. And um, mm-hmm. it was the resources I found from Orange is the New Black that led me to that. Very cool. Also very devastating. I did see a few people get deported who did not know what were going on. Oh, my God. That is devastating. And deported for no reason. Of course. Freezing thing. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember on Orange is the New Black when, like, Lauren Lapkus was playing the the nice prison guard? Yes. That Natasha Leone was always, like, aggressively hitting on? Yes. And then Natasha Leone was like, get out of here. What are you doing? They're like, go get a different job somewhere else. Yeah. That was a great scene. Yeah. I think about her a lot. Uh, uh, Lauren Lapkus? In that se- in that role. Yeah. I actually think of her in that role more than I do in her comedic stuff, which is confusing because she's so good in comedic stuff. Obviously, like, primarily a comedian, yeah, but... 
But I think it was just interesting to see her do a role that yeah. wasn't funny. And it was interesting. It was, and she was good. And she was, like, really strong. And, like, I've, I've listened to so many hours of her playing, like, the most bizarre comedic characters, like, you've ever witnessed in your entire life. But yeah, she also, a lot of good comedians are just straight up good actors. That's true. Especially if you're, like, a character comedian and you have to, like, find, like, the weird truth of this character. Like, you're playing a completely insane person who owns a shop called, like, Carpets and Rugs down there, you know, like, and, <laughs> and is, like, trying to sell that, or you play, like, uh, Pamela from Big Bear or whatever, like, you're playing all these bizarre, Ho-Ho the Naughty Elf, but you have to find, like, the truth at the core of Ho-Ho the Naughty Elf. And, uh, and, and, and anyway, a lot of community, I mean, as we discovered with people like Mark Marin, you know what I mean? Who has become, like, one of our greatest contemporary character actors in the last, like, ten or so years? Since WTF? Who's this person? Uh, he played Sam on Glow. Yes. Uh, but also, you know, he, he does all kinds of stuff. He was in, like, the Aretha Franklin biopic recently. Like, he's just become this guy that you can just call. He was on a great episode of Reservation Dogs this most recent season. The man that was behind us in the, the famous... Behind movie. us at, at, yes. at Kate. Yes. Glow Man. Yes. yes, Glow Man has just become a really great, like, kind of dramatic character actor. Yeah. They have it in them. They have a lot of pain in them. Yeah. Here's my friend doing an audition take. It's supposed to be kind of, like, earnest, but it's a joke, but it's... Yeah. It was just interesting because she had to take a lot of takes of it, um, and I, it's intrusive and it. No, broke, let's hear it. Broke my brain and I can't stop thinking about it when I see it. I got my nose done at the Liquid Death Recycle Plastic Surgery Center. I got my nose done at the Liquid Death Recycle Plastic Surgery Center. At the, at the Liquid Death Recycled. Plastic Surgery Center. Liquid Apparently, Liquid Death announced they're Liquid using Death, the water company and uh, the yeah. and the and the crazy metal bottles. Announced that they're doing something with recycled plastic and, and so, putting it in. So the bit, plastic surgery. The uh, bit is that I guess in this fictional whatever the fuck this uh-huh. is a submission for that the recycled the plastic surgery comes from the recycled from the bottles. Recycled plastic. Okay, from of Liquid Death. Yeah. I got my nose done. At the Liquid Death Recycled Plastic Surgery Center. The self-tapes are evil. I agree. <laughs> self-tape. Being an actor is so embarrassing. At the Liquid Death Recycled Plastic Surgery Center. And that's when so I... so many clips. I texted, I feel like my brain is breaking. Your friend is pretty. And then... They should think about being an actor. <laughs> They're actually the reason Bruce Willis is um, retiring from acting. That's my bit, but they gave Bruce Willis dementia. <laughs> the bit is they, they kicked his frontal lobe in. The bit is the first like feature that they booked, like successful feature that they booked that filmed last year. That was the last mm, film wow. that Bruce Willis, and then announced that he was thinking of retiring from acting, and then it just came out that it's actually dementia. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew and- we had something like I don't know however many months ago that that came out, but. Yeah, officially so, it was announced. So it was on that set, and I was like, "We let you on one film, and you give Bruce Willis dementia. What the fuck?" What the fuck? You, well, no, he just he just saw her and was like, "I can't compete with this." That's how we feel. Blew him away. We're like, "You can't do this. You have you to pick another this. You're job." Too powerful. This is mine. What the soul button thing? I got my nose done at the liquid death. Recycled Plastic Surgery Center. Boop. 
Were you, like, in the shower when you recorded it? Some, somebody was making Someone. food. Oh, okay. Another take. I got my nose done at the Liquid Death Recycled Plastic Surgery Center. I see. So this became a whole thing in, like, your universe. Yes. I have this I have this group chat with, um, like, secret... I guess there's... Both of them have had, like, admin reveals, but for about a year, both of them were faceless meme admins mm. and had like over 10k 15k followers Shit. um and so we're in this little group chat um and that's part of the thing that i'm going to tonight is part of that kind of scene oh, of boy. like internety <sighs> meme admin world clout internet um, yeah, the thing you're going to sounds uh dire so godspeed i i think it's something that you would like pay money not to go to 100 percent um, so I am curious. I would send a proxy in my stead. <laughs> Much like this person. That was the person who, um, who showed up as their partner to their class to bring it full circle. Wearing like a big, big mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I have to pee. Anything else to say about these crazy ex-girlfriend episodes? I think that's pretty I think we covered circle. it. Yeah. I think pretty dire schemes from Rebecca Bunch these last couple episodes. I'm yeah. looking forward to a healthier place for our girl. Uh, and, uh, I'm excited to see, I'm impressed by the, uh, a Bobo plotline and just kind of like the matter of fact way that they sort of dealt with that. I forgot that's what we're calling abortions now, Bobos. <laughs> I hope that's a through line. Yep. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Slay. Uh, great. This has been, uh, Crazy X Pod Friends. Uh, we'll see you in March. Uh, and, you know, uh, stay tuned to this feed. Eventually, uh, we'll have another show on there. One of these days. I am online, I think. I am Cat Scott online. You can find me there. I don't know who you are, my listener. Um, Do you listeners. want to plug your memes? No. Okay. No. The people I was talking about is the girly demon and Manifest Destiny's children. And you can find them. And if you find them, then you'll find me. And so I'll give you that. But I'm not going to uh, associate my Cat Scott presence with my stupid sure. little meme page must keep, must keep the brand separate my, yeah mine's like under 250 followers would and... you do a different persona where you represent the meme page yeah if you want that i, I don't no i'm just asking conceptually conceptually i would i am friends that. with cat scott i am not friends with meme page okay well yeah I would uh, absolutely do that okay that's that would be that's fun. fun i love that experiment for you actually yeah I'm not, um, I don't have any plans for it, but should it arise? Yeah. We've, we've thought about it because these two have made like direct references to our, we all kind of have like Nepo baby vibes Mm -hmm. associated with us or lineages Mm -hmm. that can be traced and 9-11 just comes up a lot in their memes. Sure does. Sure does. I get tagged a lot in their, (laughs) in their 9-11 memes and, um. Cat Scott is in this photo. Uh, no, not Cat Scott. The oh, meme page. The meme page. The the meme page. page. Um, I get tagged a lot in relation to me being a 9-11 Nepo baby. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cathartic. I can finally... Uh, you can finally talk about it. Finally make 9-11 jokes. A hundred percent. It's been, it's, it's been long space. enough. I have a safe space for it. You know and I think that's beautiful. Uh, TV's Kevin Lanigan everywhere, but you already knew that. And... Um, uh, stay on the wagon, friends, and... Uh, oh, like, don't relapse? Yeah. 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 One day at a time. <laughs> One day at a time. Wow, I didn't expect Don't make it coming... any big decisions. <laughs> I didn't expect it coming from you. 
yeah, don't make any big decisions or first year sober, but you can change your socks. You can change your socks. Greg is being a little, you know, ridiculous. You can change your underwear. 100%. You can do basic chores, but you do not have to make you your bed every day. But you yes. can go to the park. You don't need to make. You also don't need to quit cigarettes. Don't. They're fun. <laughs> don't quit caffeine. Don't quit cigarettes. You don't need to do that yet. Not in your first year. You Those have are enough chill. going on. Those are chill. Um, don't fuck your exes in your Just first year. Just in general. You're slow down on the dating. Don't get in a yeah, U-Haul. Yeah. These are my t- tips. As a, as a so-called U-Haul lesbian. That's my tar. That was a good tar. What about Beethoven? You into him? I like that it's transatlantic. I feel like that's kind of what she's doing. I feel like that I, is... Maybe I'm putting a little bit Catherine Hepburn, Kate Blanchett in there, but... I think Kate... I think you're I right. start the clock. You cannot start without me. I think Kate's um, American woman... It does have is a little transatlantic because Carol is because Carol is and obvi- and she won the Academy Award for playing Catherine Hepburn who has the transatlantic accent. Oh, what movie? The Aviator. Martin Scorsese's The Aviator. I didn't realize what. Kate Blanchett won the Oscar for playing Catherine Hepburn. She in plays the Catherine Aviator. Hepburn. She sure does. And boy, I thought this was. I gotta stop recording because. The details of my uh, sexual interest in Kate Blanchett as Catherine Hepburn is not suitable for radio. Damn, okay. I didn't know we had censors. Bye! Bye! What's a girl to do when she's stuck between men? It's like she's a Barbie with two perfect kins. But wait, it just occurred to me. Maybe I can solve this with geometry. Yes, smarts can help this situation untangle. So professors, teach me the math of love triangles. Yay, time for book facts. A triangle is a polygon with three edges and three vertices. Take the base times the height, cut that in half to find the area of the surfaces. Uh-huh, I wasn't really listening, but I can see the center of the triangle is little old me. Of love triangles isn't hard to learn. You're not taking in what we're saying. We're a little bit concerned. Yes, the math of love triangles is as simple as can be. Whichever Tom or Dick I might pick, the center of the triangle's little me. Actually, a triangle has multiple centers. This triangle's scaling. That's astute, so I need to decide which man's more acute. Here's Pythagoras' theorem. Will this help me choose? If not, I'll be swinging from a hypotenuse. Let's take a look at what this line bisects. Is that spelled B-I-S-E-X? Those are good puns, but please pay attention. Oh no, professors, am I facing suspension? Whee! A swing! It's literal suspension! Triangles isn't hard to learn. We're starting to suspect you don't sincerely want to know about triangles. Yes, the math of love triangles is as simple as can be. I need to choose between men, but until then, the center of the triangle's little me. Is this a triangle? No, that's a shoe. Is this a triangle? No, that's you. So I'm a triangle? What? No. One, two, three, six, eight, three, go! You don't seem to know how to count. We're sincerely worried about you. Can't
It's me! You're ruining the number! This angle's right. Which angle's right? No, not right, like correct. Ooh, are you erect? No, 90 degrees. That's really erect. The math of love triangles is super duper fun. We're tired of all your tangents. That's also a triangle pun. Oh, thanks for teaching me man math. You all deserve a kiss. Lady, we're all gay. We get nothing out of this. Neither man will notice my learning disability. Cause the center of the triangle 